lonely girl Would you like someone new to talk to Oh yeah, alright I'm feeling kind of lonely too If you don't mind Can I sit down here beside you Hello and welcome back to A Methods of the Madness, the podcast where we discuss and analyze and otherwise ponder our favorite films and television. I'm your host Patrick and joining me is Mitchie. Hello. And today we are covering El Camino, the 2019 film written and directed by Vince Gilligan, starring uh, Aaron Paul and a bunch of other people. I don't know, should we say spoilers potentially? Um, oh, for oh, for what? <laughs> for the, the casting? The movie? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, of course. I mean, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess if you're tuning into a podcast about a certain movie, like you should be ready for spoilers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's no also starring that. Brian Cranston. Uh, fuck. Hold on. Sorry, I should have been better prepared. Who's the? I, I got him. Uh, Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitchie's going to take you through the cast. Yeah, yeah. It's got Aaron Paul, of course, Brian Cranston, but I wouldn't say he's the main actor. And then Jesse Plemons, Charles Baker, Matt Jones, and Robert Forster. Mm-hmm. There you go. And um, Jonathan Banks as Mike. <laughs> true. That's yeah. true. Um, okay, so this is, um, this is like really the finale to our... Uh, Breaking Bad series and mm. this is also kind of a special episode because this is like a combination of our film series and our Breaking Bad series and yeah. it's a really kind of special and fitting end to the Breaking Bad series combining it with our, with our series that kicked off this channel pretty much true true and yeah. we should probably say that um, yeah two months delay on this <laughs> we were meant to do this like two months ago but oh well you know shit happens shit does happen life happens yeah um which this universe so beautifully conveys as well although the shit happening in our lives is not as dramatic as the breaking bad universe i'll I'll admit but um (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's go into first impressions uh so okay before that i'll preface um i saw this when it came out i've seen this a few times since then Um, oh yeah and this was uh, your first time watching it, Mitchie, is that right? Yep. Yep. Watched it on my and... birthday. Oh, there you go. Everyone wish Mitchie a happy birthday. No, no, that was uh... like three weeks ago. But like, but <laughs> it was just a special movie that had to be watched on my birthday. Yeah, nice. And what did you think of it? Oh, my God. Vince Gilligan, he's done it again. Like, fucking <laughs> hell, this dude's like some sort of fucking rising god or some shit. Yeah, he's a wizard. Like... Like, I don't know what I was expecting. All I knew was was that it's about Jesse and kind of the end of his story. And I was just like, what's going to happen in this, you know? And you, you, it's just like, it's just kind of feels like an extra episode of Breaking Bad sometimes. But then it also feels like a movie too. And it just mm. kind of nails everything. That, and I, I don't know, it just acts so well as like like i guess a nostalgia kind of thing like it's you know bringing back breaking bad because it what finished airing like six years before this or five years or something um but it does it in a really competent and not stupid cheap way and it just i don't know like i i'm just keen to talk about it i guess there's just so so much stuff to talk about this movie especially like you know the kind of details and the plot and stuff like that but i fucking loved it 
Yeah. Like, it's just such an emotional movie. And I think it, it kind of, it it's perfect because it concludes the co-protagonist of Breaking Bad, both Walt and Jesse, right? Of equal importance in the show in terms of their, um, you know, how, how prominent they are. And mm. yeah, we obviously know how Walt ends. His story ends at the end of Breaking Bad. He fucking dies. But um, but Jesse, right? He just drives off. And and you know what we talked about in our Breaking Bad edition. Like Jesse's character is well for me anyway. He was actually my favorite the this time we watched it because mm-hmm. so emotional and so human and and just such a interesting character that suffers so much. You know. And I think it's just perfect that they decide to pick him and have a final story about him it's just ideal and yeah i couldn't ask for anything more from this absolutely i love what you said about um how it feels like just another episode of breaking bad but also yeah. movie because <laughs> yeah. yeah that is exactly what i get from this as well like it is just a two-hour episode of breaking bad but <laughs> but it's it, it also feels like a movie I, I, maybe that's because of the aspect ratio because it's in, yeah you know the the movie aspect ratio whatever that is um i should know that being a fucking film grad anyway um <laughs> nah. uh, yeah nah, it looks like a movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I also really fucking love this movie. I loved it when it came out. But this is a divisive movie, Mitchie. Do you know this? No. How? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, people are really hot and cold in this movie. And the word that gets chucked around really? the most from what I've seen is unnecessary. Uh, what? Which is... <laughs> I knew that would trigger you. Um, well, and fucking hell, why? Well, okay... I mean, everything's so, bloody unnecessary at the end of the day. Yeah every, yeah, every movie kind of is, right? Like, they don't really... Like, anyway. <laughs> Mate, our whole existence is unnecessary if you want to take it there, you know? Like, it's kind of a weird word to chuck around. But, uh, no, okay. So, when I first watched it, I kind of understood that sentiment. I still loved it, but, you know, mm. I think what people want was some paradigm shift at, like, the societal level, right? Like, they want Jesse... They want, uh, I don't know, like, I honestly, I don't know what fans want, man. Fans want the stupidest shit. They want, they want less, like, less time lingering on, on objects and developing character and more on explosions, maybe, which is kind of ironic considering there is a giant explosion in this film and the climax. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I just thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, look, it, it is kind of small scale, I'll admit, but... I mean, it just concludes everything that, like, it gives Jesse what he deserves, I feel like. Because yeah, this universe, the Breaking Bad universe, is a somewhat, like, karmic universe, right? It's, it, yeah. There's a lot of stuff about judgment and, um, and redemption as well. Yep. And as we've talked about in our series, I think Jesse is... If there's anyone in this series who re- deserves redemption, it's Jesse. And... Sort of, you know, we were talking about how Jesse is this sort of uh, complicated character where he doesn't have a very clear cornerstone like Walt does. A lot of the his motivations throughout the series are pretty vague, um, and I think it's it it really means a lot to to me um, how they've they wanted to make Jesse the protagonist for once mm. um, because I mean. You know, that, that is what I like in my stories, is humanizing everyone. And Jesse being this sort of enigmatic guy, um, 
who is, you know, sort of much more deserving of a happy ending than probably most other characters gets one, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, anyway, I... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I but other than that, I like everything about this film. I like... I like the the events that happen. I like the the ordering of the flashbacks. Um, mm. I think, yeah, like the structure of this film is really cool. It has some, and you know, like Vince Gilligan directed this. I'm glad that he got to, you know, like direct a movie. Essentially, um, I'm really happy for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. Let's go into. Uh, well, yeah, we'll go into the plot summary, but. I'll just say the way we normally uh, structure our movie analyses is, you know, we sort of have like multiple theses about like meaning and interpretation and then we just sort of talk about that, right? But I think for this one, we'll just do it like we've been doing our Breaking Bad episodes where we'll just talk about the events of the plot. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I, in I agree. Yep. Yep. All, All right. right. So Shall can you I take us through a plot summary? Read the one I wrote, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Straight after the events of the final episode of Breaking Bad, Jesse Pinkman escapes Jack Welker's compound. He seeks refuge with Badger and Skinny Pete, who provide him with some cash and help stash his car. Jesse moves on and recalls that Todd Alquist, his captor, stashed some cash in his apartment in a nigh indescribable spot. Jesse searches Todd's ransacked apartment for the cash, finding it in the lining of the fridge door only for two policemen, Neil and Casey, conducting a routine search of the apartment to arrive. After being discovered, Jesse holds one policeman hostage, but gives up as he believes there's no way out. He discovers that the policemen are not policemen at all, but thieves looking for cash Todd made have hidden. Neil exchanges Jesse's life for the location of the cash, but Jesse takes his deserved third of the cash at gunpoint, calling his bluff. They leave in part ways where Jesse recalls Neil to be a welder that Jack Welker's gang had employed to create the rail Jesse was trained to. Jesse seeks out Ed Galbraith, the disappearer, whose service he had rejected in the events of Breaking Bad. Ed demands the initial $125,000 payment that Jesse owed him, as well as an additional $125,000 to provide his services. However, Jesse, despite having the money from Skinny Pete and Badger, is short by $1,800. Ed refuses to serve Jesse, forcing him out of his store. Jesse tries to find an additional $1,800 at his parents' home, but instead finds in their safe two pistols. He then goes to Neil's welding business, where Neil, Casey, and their friends are celebrating with hookers and cocaine. Jesse enters with a pistol visible in his waistband, and Neil challenges him to an old-fashioned duel, whereby the winner would take all the money. Jesse kills Neil by secretly having a second pistol in his jacket pocket, and kills Casey, who retaliates. Jesse, with the money taken from Neil and Casey, returns to Ed. Ed disappears Jesse, giving him a new life and new prospects in Alaska. End of movie and... <laughs> Breaking Bad, mm. truly. Well, we'll see. Anyway, yeah, I don't know what what the events of Saul, <laughs> uh, Better Call Saul are. All right. So, oh my the, god, this movie. Uh, yeah, the opening scene uh, is a flashback with uh, Jesse and Mike talking about they're talking about hypotheticals. What would you do if you could start over? Jesse asks Mike, uh, "Where would you go?" And then Mike answers, "Alaska." which is, of course, where Jesse ends up at the end of the movie. So he probably took that advice to heart. Yeah. Um, but when did this scene take place? Uh, it was. It must have been when Mike secured the $5 million deal because doesn't, he, doesn't yeah. Jesse say that? It's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and um, Jesse and Mike both tell Walt, remember, like, oh, yeah, we're going to leave the business and there's nothing you can do about it and they fucking zip time and shit, right? So it's sometime around then. 
Yeah, I actually went back and, and sort of scrubbed through Breaking Bad and I concluded that it must be somewhere in episode six because that's after they murdered Drew Sharp um, and yep. and Jesse tells Walter that he's out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, as we'll see in Breaking Bad... Oh, sorry, as we've seen in Breaking Bad and as we'll see in this movie, um, Jesse has been manipulated and abused by so many people in his life, which is why this line by Mike is so meaningful when he says, only you can decide what's best for you, Jesse. Mm. Um, and, you know, Alaska, the, what does he call it? The last new frontier or some shit? Yeah, um, I think that's what it is called, isn't it? Like on right. number plates and shit. <laughs> Yeah. So at least in the Simpsons movie, pretty sure that's what they say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Damn, I haven't thought about the Simpsons movie in ages. It's a good movie. Um, yeah, it is. So man, something about like, you know, freedom, like America fuck yeah kind of stuff. Like I feel like that suits the sort of themes of this movie. About mm. taking control and, you know, being going going on your own, uh taking charge of the universe, you know, as Jane says at the end. Um, yeah yeah sort of rejects that philosophy of just going with the flow although you know we'll, we'll discuss that more later but um uh yeah okay and then we cut straight back to uh immediately after the breaking bad finale which i love i love when stuff oh, does that. so good yeah it's <laughs> such a good cut too yeah um jesse's on the run from the cops he has that close encounter where he pulls up in like an alley and switches his lights off Mm. Um, it's really tense and then he goes to the only place where he can think of which is his friends Badger and Skinny Pete <laughs> <laughs> so we get to see them again which I'm so glad of and they're um, playing video games yeah which is also, I, also a big trope from Breaking Bad like there's a lot of video games and well not a lot there's a few times I can recall when they're there playing is that. um you know this is uh, it's kind of a tangent but you know how in Breaking Bad, uh, Jesse, uh, sorry, Skinny Pete and Badger were talking about that Star Trek thing, mm. and they were they were referencing characters from the um, from the original show. And I've been watching Star Trek: The Next Generation recently. That was in like the eighties slash nineties. I feel like Badger and Skinny Pete, if they're Star Trek fans, that would be the show they would they would <laughs> have grown up with, not the fucking original series. They would have grown up with Next Gen. But in that in that in that pitch Badger has, he's using the original cast anyway. Um, Maybe they're just old school, you know? No, nah, it's a plot hole. ruins the whole show for me, honestly. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but <laughs> they're playing video games. Also, I thought we were past the point of actors playing video games with their whole bodies. I fucking hate that trope, man. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Skinny Pete's like there swerving and shit. But... Yeah. And like you know, know, they all uh, they always are just like pressing buttons frantically. That is absolutely not you know how you would play that game. I I feel like that's an easy. (laughs) I don't know. It was probably like GTA or something. Um, I just I really don't like that trope, man. (laughs) But anyway, we're fucking nitpicking right now. You are you are nitpicking. Do do not nitpick this movie. Well, actually, you can (laughs) nitpick it all you want because it's probably fuck all you're gonna nitpick anyway. That is (laughs) if that's the best you got. That honestly might be. The, be- um, the best I got is when he blows out the lighter when he's searching the apartment and you don't actually need to blow out a lighter. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a bit dramatic, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, I wrote, did you see Saul Goodman's office in Los Poyos? They've been changed into new things. Is that? Yeah, there is a there is a there is one of those transition shots, you know, what do you call it, a time lapse. And um, it is Saul Goodman's, that 
little area of buildings and it's not there anymore. Right, and okay. Does pretty that happen... sure Los Polios as well. Does that happen in between the scene of Jesse uh, going to Badger and Skinny Pete's or something? Well, no, because Saul leaves quite early on in the series, doesn't he? Because he... he you, this is months after Saul leaves, because Saul leaves around the same time Walt does, and Walt spends months in wherever the fuck he went before he comes back and kills Jack Welker, right? So it's actually been yeah. months, and um, because everyone was searching for Walt, they were probably searching for Saul too, and his business would have been ransacked and shut down, right? And it's probably been replaced by now. Yeah, so no, I'm saying... Out. I'm saying in the movie, like in the ordering yeah. of what we see, why did I write this in between that thing about them playing video games and then the next, I don't know. Oh, because he goes to bed, right? Oh, he immediately right. goes to bed and then there's a time lapse from night to day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That explains it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's interesting. You know, we, and then, and then of course in the next morning we see the, the news of, you know, how they found Walter White's body. Um, so I just mm. like... That, this is a true sequel, man. Like, if you had any lingering questions, there you go, you know. Um, life goes on in this world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like how... <laughs> I like how Badger and Skinny Pete are actually kind of doing well. Like, they're just... Yeah, they're living you know, together. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my other question. Like, are they roommates? Um, if so... Um, they're doing all right. Like, they're just living a somewhat normal life, it seems, which is great. Mm. Like, you know, it's so nice and wholesome just to see at least a, a few people from this universe just b being all right, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. And then, yeah? No, no, nothing. Uh, okay, and then uh, Jesse wakes up, and then he, he sort of is uh, a bit traumatized uh, from being kept in a cage and tortured that he freaks out when he wakes up and realizes that the roof is different, um, which oh, I really that's like. that's so good. Yeah. Like, like, seriously, like, those cuts, those two cuts that they use in the sequence of events where he's staying at their place, that and the, the hosing hmm. when he goes in the shower. Like, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Like, it's just such a small thing to add, right? Like, 0.5 seconds of something of but like just adds so much yeah and it would be unrealistic for jesse not to have that trauma you know like 100 oh, yeah in fact that if anything they probably underplayed how traumatized he is um oh fucking hell he was literally treated like an animal like mm. yeah that's like majorly fucked up shit that any for any human to experience yeah um but that, yeah, it's then, such a good way to start sorry it's, it's such a good way to like kind of start the movie off because i don't know like i kind of was watching it and i was like is this going to be like a ptsd film because it kind of <laughs> is to begin with right and yeah it kind of but it, it works because it really rides on jesse pinkman who is kind of the character we feel so, most sorry for in in the series right and yeah just seeing him like that seeing him the way he is it's just really heartbreaking mm. and I don't know, it sets up well for the end, I guess, when yeah. he does get what he wants. If they kept doing that throughout the, the movie, of exactly. like flashing back, it would have gotten pretty boring. Exactly. That's why yeah, they yeah. did it twice in yeah. that just in his in Jesse uh, Badger's house, right? Their house. And that's it. And, but it, it's just, they do everything perfectly. Like Yeah, you're right. And it's very <laughs> effective and efficient. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> apparently this movie was originally three hours long, but they had to, they cut an entire hour out. Really? Yeah. 
I have seen some shots of like Skinny Pete being interrogated by police and stuff. So yeah, so that was a little like extra bits. I, I, they released it on YouTube or something. But yeah, it's some some little like um, what do you call it? Like supplementary material that they released outside the movie, but is still mm. canon. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's cool. Did you, did you watch it? No, no, I haven't seen it yet. Should it's I say good... anything about it, or do you want to watch it? <laughs> kind of do want to watch it, but uh, you can you can tell me. Well, it's just pretty much like Skinny Pete doesn't want to give up Jesse, and because you know, yeah. Skinny Pete's just a good friend, you know. Which oh, they're both such the good friends. Yeah, I know. Um, and then uh, Jesse takes a shower and he shaves, and uh, Skinny Pete's offering him clothes. Um, Badger's clothes are too big because he says he was built for love. Um, <laughs> Badger apparently Badger got cologne for Skinny Pete for Christmas, yeah. <laughs> which is like so sweet. How they're actually just like friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which is what I mean. Like they just they just live in normal lives. You know, they're just doing all right. And that's so. I mean, they must be dealing still though. Like, who the fuck carries around a wad of cash that big? <laughs> well, they got paid from Walt to do the laser pointer thing. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> bro. Yeah. Is that seriously that money? Uh like uh, it I don't could know. be. I don't, I don't know if it's the exact same money, but it but could it be. Probably yeah. is. That's fucking nuts. No, <laughs> well, no, but also, that seriously checks out. It would timeline wise, I would have been a few days before. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh but, my but god. Also, that doesn't really explain how they're living so comfortably, which which means they might have like a job or something. Like, yeah, I'm sure they yeah. do. Which, yeah, again, or like they're, they're dealing just, still. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Which is a bit less than normal, I suppose. But um. <laughs> <laughs> um and we learn from the news report, we learn Jesse's middle name is Bruce. <laughs> Jesse Bruce oh, Pinkman. Really? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that news report. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Um, okay, and then they come up with a plan. Uh, they We get the return of Joe the Wrecker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joe the Wrecker. I, yeah. Wreck it, Joe. Yeah, the, this guy is awesome. What, like, really cool character. Um and he's really nice. Uh, he says, you know, he offers to do the take away the car for free um, because Jesse's a good kid. And uh, he's checking the uh, car for like the what, like a like a GPS tracker thing that the company can activate at any time, right? Yeah. Um, you called know, a low jack. Co- Sorry, it's called a low jack, apparently. Oh yeah. So he called it bit of a coincidence that it happens exactly when joe is checking but you know that's whatever um so yeah joe freaks out uh he drives away uh and then uh they come up skinny pete badger and and jesse come up with this plan badger is going to drive jesse's el camino to the border to make it look like he's escaped to mexico to sort of throw the police off his tail give him some time Mm. um Skinny Pete was going to stay there, wait for the police to arrive, which leads to that little extra thing we were talking about, about him being interrogated. Uh, meanwhile, Jesse takes Skinny Pete's car, um, as well as as well as Skinny Pete just giving him his car. He gives him his cap and a wad of cash, and then Jesse asks, why are you doing this, man? And then Skinny Pete responds, shit, man, you're my hero, and he's all abashed. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he takes his fucking thing off. and Yeah, Skinny Pete is so cool. But also, why? Why is Jesse his hero? Well, you know, the whole series is about Jesse trying to become a big, like, meth dealer, right, and earning a yeah. lot of money. And 
it makes sense from Badger and Skinny Pete. That's what they kind of were doing. But so, so you could see Skinny Pete seeing Jesse as a hero because of the drug dealing he was doing, but also because I think, you know, Jesse went through a lot of shit and, and just, what just developed as a human and i think skinny Pete kind of like really sees that yeah because you know, he kind of okay. follows him through i think it extends further than just the fact that oh yeah jesse dealt meth and i find that really cool um it- well that, that was my issue with it in in this series about how showing how crime fucks you up and you know in all sorts of ways it's weird to to for skinny pete to put jesse on a pedestal because he was like this meth kingpin you know what i mean yeah yeah um but yeah, no, it's probably what you're saying. It's probably because, um, you know, Jesse was able to retain maybe like a bunch of his humanity. You know, just he was still boys with Skinny Pete and Badger, despite, you know, being so cooked up in, in th- this high criminal business and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like this bit during this bit, like when they're kind of dealing with the cars, right? Because Jesse already knows exactly what he's going to do. Like he he's already kind of traced mm. this through all the way to the very end because he takes the keys from he he asks just before he uh, drives off he asks for the keys for um the El Camino because El Camino keys is given to Skinny Pete right but the rest of the keys on the key ring must have the key for the apartment to, uh, Todd's apartment so he has to take those because he needs to go to the apartment because he knows he's going to go there and he also tears out a page from the from right. the phone book because he knows he has to go to actually what was that for so he, he can find the vacuum place yes exactly yeah, yeah yeah so so the dude's already kind of like planned well ahead and yeah. i love that because it really is a stark contrast to the jesse pinkman we knew in the series which of course you know at the end of the series jesse did become like a criminal i guess that you know was you know really thought about things and and was quite savvy but really it just shows you like what he has become since the very season one jesse pinkman who didn't think about fucking anything dumping water on (laughs) on fires and shit and wasting it and all sorts of crap like you know it's just a really nice thing to see like it his character arc basically also it makes a lot of sense that he would have thought you know all he had was time to think about his escape while he was in prison supposedly Mm. right so it makes sense that he would of course he would have this plan yeah um yeah so yeah yeah, i really like that um all right and then we get our first flashback scene with todd um now fucking so breaking bad flashbacks (laughs) yeah yeah uh I, I think, you know, we have to address it. The most jarring thing in this film is probably the difference in how Todd looks <laughs> in this film compared to Breaking yeah, he, Bad. he did not fucking age well. Uh, well, is it age, you reckon, or is it just that he put on a bunch of weight? A bit of both. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, so one, well. one kind of accelerates the other, so... Um, uh, like it, it honestly it doesn't bother me too much just because i think jesse plemons is an, a phenomenal actor that he sort of draws me into his performance anyway um yeah but you know it just it does bother me a little bit that you know it, it's not completely like kind of law accurate when you nah. go from if you're watching breaking nah. bad like you did just immediately jump to el camino yeah no nah, th- that doesn't require any explanation this is this is a the the hallmark of a competent nostalgia movie like you just yeah actors age that's just fucking human human life you know like that's yeah. just what happens we don't need a fucking in-universe explanation for it and obviously in the case of breaking bad it's not sci-fi or anything you can't explain it but like you know if 
when we do our podcast on No Way Home, that's one thing I actually would address in that is that some of the characters age in that for apparently no reason. And all the fucking Marvel fans would be like, oh, he's aged. It makes no fucking sense. Why didn't you CGI him to make it look younger? So it's actually like, you know, plot realistic. And it's just like, nah, you don't need to do that because the actor's aged, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I don't think it should matter. And, but yeah, I agree. Uh, Jesse Plemons did age badly. Like, cause the only thing I've seen him in, apart from Breaking Brad is season three, I think of Fargo, where he plays the wife of, kirsten dunst i think and um he already by then had put on fucking heaps of weight so yeah um, dude he's dude in this really cool... a rough life sorry jesse plemons must be having a i don't know just putting on weight you know <laughs> good on him <laughs> I mean, nah, that's just the natural part of getting old probably um <laughs> you know he's in this really awesome film called um I'm thinking of ending things, uh, written and directed by Charlie Kaufman. Um, oh yeah, and he's he stars in that, and he's really he's really good. Um, I really respect him as an actor, and yeah, like ah uh, no, I'm playing this up a bit. I after like the first five minutes, it doesn't really bother me how no. different he looks. Um, but this first scene where he appears and the bars are blocking his face, and you oh can only God. see his eyes. How fucking menacing is that, dude? Oh, like, it's so good he is such a cool villain um i know like there's no better way to show that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh and you know it's just accentuating more of um what we were talking about in in the final season of breaking bad about how he he is it is such a messed up situation how he treats jesse like a dog how when jesse climbs up he tries to like comb his hair and shit mm. um man it's just so dehumanizing yeah. Um, but he Todd is just like such a polite kind of dude. Um, yeah, he's such a weird, interesting villain. Um, and 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 how t- he talks about the weather with Jesse. <laughs> you know, he's like, "Do you think it's gonna rain?" And Jesse's kind of like forced to respond. He's like, "Oh yeah, maybe." <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is truly weird. It's like yeah, it's just classic psychopath kind of villain, right? But in a really good way. Yeah. Um, and how he just so casually threatens Brock is so menacing. You know, he's like, and remember, yeah, got to be on your best behavior because you know, otherwise I'm gonna have to visit the kid. And you know, it's out of my hand by that point. (laughs) I don't make the rules or some shit. (laughs) You know how Uncle Jack is with his promises. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um, and then uh, we they go to Todd's apartment, and. When he's like, you know how Todd's leaning into the trunk and yeah. Jesse sort of eyes the trunk? Did you notice that? Yeah, I thought, well, I thought Jesse was kind of looking for an opportunity to hit him or some shit. Right, exactly. I think this yeah. is the first instance of, or in this movie, of um, of Jesse thinking about rebelling against Todd because mm. um, he thinks, yeah, maybe I can smash his head into the truck, you know. Um, but we see later that there's a bit, the reason he doesn't is because of some complicated, you know, feelings. Um, uh, why did I write this down? Six month national manhunt, Walter White. Because there is a brief bit where we come back from the flashback to the present day and he's in the car listening to the radio. Oh, okay. And that's when he confirms actually that Walt's dead. Because oh, and, and it's actually a pretty critical scene and it's placed pretty well too after the first flashback because you know we see the hopelessness of, of his captivity and all that and Todd and then 
it's kind of like, okay, what's Jesse going to do now? And I think Jesse in this scene is kind of thinking about, oh, what if I find Walt, you know, because he's a, he's the one person that could actually help me. What happened to him, you know, mm. and obviously confirms that he's dead and realizes that he's all alone. There's no one left. It's just him because Mike's dead yeah. too. And Saul's gone. I, I, yeah. I guess maybe why I wrote that down was because um, it's interesting how, I, I guess that gives us, gives us a, a, a definitive time frame of how long Walt was in the in in New Hampshire. Six months, mm, apparently. True. Yeah. And that's how long he was in captivity then. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and then, okay. And then, uh, yeah, Jesse goes to Todd's apartment. I, again, like, it was an awesome ordering of flashbacks of, of um, Jesse sneaking in in the present day. And then when he shuts mm. the door, it cuts to the flashback. Yeah, uh, and then there's that nosy neighbor, <laughs> just like yeah. he's such a good character. He's so funny, so Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, just these, yeah, these random enigmatic characters or like you know esoteric yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and then oh man, Todd's apartment is just like psychopath incarnate sort of stuff you know he's <laughs> what do you what do you think of the color scheme i was thinking easter eggs like what the fuck like that is the most psychopath shit i've ever heard yeah. um it's it's like you know it's like todd trying to imitate a human being um yep. yeah uh and his whole apartment like that um you know including his collection of snow globes um a random thing to collect and did you notice um later on in the when one of the you know the criminal guys picks up the snow globe and looks inside it did you see what was in there no i actually haven't because yeah what is it so it's it's a man like a blonde haired man that looks kind of like todd he kind of he's dressed like todd as well and he's sort of like below this woman in a blue dress who is probably lydia yeah right yeah right and then the idea is is that he makes them Oh, you reckon? Okay. Because I, I watched the um I watched the behind the scenes thing for the movie and and they just talk about how there's a lot of snow globes in that room and obviously you don't really see the details of them. They're all really fucked up in a real subtle way. Like one <laughs> of them has like it looks ostensibly normal, but then it's got like a dead baby on it or some shit, you know, like so yeah. I think the idea is is that he's making them because where would you buy a snow globe with that kind of fucked up shit on it? <laughs> right, okay. That makes sense. I guess that's that's why how he found such a specific snow globe of someone who looks like him and Lydia. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the guy goes, "Oh, no crazy in here." <laughs> um, oh, and and he kept the spider from Drew Sharp. Yeah. Which is messed up. Which is um, messed up, but also like again, it just concludes it well it's like what the fuck happened mm. after him putting it in a jar and looking at it like <laughs> right yeah yeah because yeah I, that's weird how yeah, they set that up in breaking bad and like well i guess maybe they didn't you know they didn't think that needed a payoff when they put that scene in in breaking bad yeah. but it's it's a weird detail that he did steal it and it pays off here and it's and it's awesome well it just um, shows that like I, I guess in the breaking bad when he looks at the spider it kind of shows that he likes capturing things perhaps yeah which, which then makes sense because later on in the series he ends up you know uh capture uh imprisoning jesse and um then later on we just see that again in this one which kind of just compounds the same ideas mm. yeah yeah and then we get another montage baby do we? classic yeah yeah the jesse rummages through the apartment right 
Oh, no, no, no. Before that, what about the dead body? Oh, did I skip ahead a bit? Oh, fuck. I don't know why I wrote it. Because when, when he talks about the Easter egg thing, he he's like, oh, do you need me? So is that what you I've come here for? You need help painting? And he's like, oh, yeah, maybe if we have time. Then they walk into the next room and then Jesse's like, what the fuck? And there's a dead lady on the ground. Right, right. And he has soup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and, and then that's when Todd um, asks him to take the book back. And then that's when Jesse... Sees yeah. a tarantula, right? Yeah, and then yeah. it cuts to him searching shit. And right. looks and at the books. It, it cuts to the books on the floor and they're empty in the right. present day. Yeah. And Jesse also feeds the tarantula, which is cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A- a- okay, and then does the montage happen? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he's, he's rummaging through Todd's apartment. I like how he checks under the sink exactly where Jesse hid his money in like season actually, two no sorry i'm totally so <laughs> there's actually a lot before that that bird's okay. eye shot so so he he starts looking and he looks under the sink which is obviously um harking back to when he hid the meth in season two right uh yeah. in their place and then he looks through the curtain and sees his parents on the tv oh okay and then yeah, and, and then does he turn on the tv and and uh watch the news yeah yeah and he yeah. watches his parents on there which, which I love this because it's like the parents are in Breaking Bad, uh, except at the very start, right? They're in like just season one, I think, maybe yeah. a bit of season two. And and then never again. The fact that we bring him back again during such a critical kind of conclusion to Jesse's story just really kind of reminds us as a viewer who Jesse is and where he came from, mm. you know? And he was actually brought up in a in a good family, you know? And, and yeah. his parents are a little kind of weird and uptight. And you see that in the way they answer the question because they're like, oh, please, Jesse, just come back. It's the right thing to do. But they don't actually say they love him or anything like that. Um, they just pretend to be like upstanding citizens that are telling their son to do the right thing and, and not be a criminal, you know? It right, just right. It fits them really well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, th- I really like how they brought them back. Um, cause man, it's, this movie's all about Jesse. You gotta show stuff. It's all about Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Then they bury the body. Flashback again. Right. So, yeah. So, okay. Sorry. One more thing about, um, Jesse's parents. So yeah, the fact that they turn, they tell him to turn himself in, I think, you know, that's another, another tally for this film being about like freedom, I think, because, you know, like, I don't know, like judgments, and is in our society is all about like confessing and doing jail time for some reason you know and <laughs> and like I, I don't know like and you know you know that thing about how like once you've committed a crime um, yeah. and the police are after you you'll commit more heinous crimes just to stay out of jail right like you the crimes you commit to stay out of jail may be more severe than the crimes you committed in the first place yeah. um and I don't know, just the thing, just like freedom, man. Freedom is everything, you know, like, yeah. And I think this movie is a lot about freedom. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then we go into the flashback. Um, you can learn a lot about a person through their music choices. And apparently to- Todd <laughs> likes listening to 90s yacht rock. <laughs> yeah. What is yacht rock? It's, I don't know. It's whatever that song he was listening to. It's some weird, like, I don't know. It's stuff that would be on it like a like a golf club or some shit you know like just weird weird music yeah um <laughs> I, I like how it just like it's just 
the same the shot of him singing and a truck drives past and and just, he gestures to, for the dr- truck driver to honk and he doesn't yeah yeah it's good yeah 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 exactly it's just perfect it's good camera work and, and all sorts yeah that cracked me up so much the first time i watched it um yeah okay and then, and then they go out into the boonies as they call it and they're, they're burying they're burying the lady and then todd asks do you want to say a few words and then jesse the look jesse gives todd as he says no <laughs> like it's so good such a good moment of defiance yeah um and then and then fucking todd man he goes nice lady good housekeeper <laughs> <laughs> oh good hell um and then and then todd says uh he quotes uncle jack he says life is what you make it um, which is some sage advice from old from old Uncle Jack, admittedly. Yeah, yeah. but he says that after uh, Jesse tries to defy um, Todd with the gun. Oh, does he? Okay. After when he hugs him, yeah. Yeah. Or pats him on the shoulder or some weird thing. Okay, right. So, yeah. So, Todd asks Jesse to... What does he want Jesse to get? Some cigarettes the or cigarettes. some shit? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And Jesse yeah. finds the gun... And then Bruh. he doesn't have the courage to shoot Todd. Now, why but do you this think says this a is? a lot about Todd. <laughs> why the fuck would he leave a gun in the glove box? <laughs> well, no, think... like, like he, he mustn't have realized because a dude is so fucked up that he doesn't realize that Jesse fucking hates him for what he's doing to him and just doesn't give a fuck about where his gun is, that Jesse could just shoot him at any moment. <laughs> Well, we also sort of, you know, talked about in the Breaking Bad series how Todd is kind of an idiot. True. He's not, he's not very smart. That's actually like, true. That's actually very true, yeah. I f- there's a spectrum of, of uh, psychopaths. There's the Hannibal Lecters, very thoughtful, methodical, you know, smart people who have no conscience. And then there's the other end, which is Todd. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, I think also it's kind of that thing about... Um, yeah, we've we've compared Todd to Ramsey Bolton before, but you know how like Ramsey Bolton after he tortures Theon, he sort of he trusts him to yeah. he trusts him to be too afraid to make any moves Tr- against him. True, yeah, uh, yeah. And I think that's what's going on here, and, and in fact, it's proven when Jesse you know p- points the gun at Todd. Ch- Todd just takes like this very authorial stance, and he goes, "Give me the gun, Jesse." Um, and Jesse's like kind of whimpering like a like a you know like a beat dog. Yeah, um, and he, really and he, like a dog. Yeah, dude, it's it's tragic, eh? And he gives up the gun for promise of beer and pizza, uh, which, you know, it's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, he knows that at the back of his mind is Brock, right? And he would never right. want Brock to die. And I guess if he did shoot Todd, um, um, uh, Jack Welker would have found out and probably might have killed Brock in retaliation. So, you know, he he couldn't take that risk. Right. Okay. I didn't. Yeah, that didn't occur to me. I just thought um, Jesse, he's been tortured so much that you know that's if if somehow he fucks this up, then he's just gonna get tortured more. You know, like um, yeah. and he doesn't want to risk that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. It's a really interesting part. <laughs> yeah. Really fucked. Um. And then what happens? Do we cut back to the apartment? Yep. So that's yep. when we get the the bird's eye fucking one of the most unique things i've ever seen like in a movie it's fucking mm. cool <laughs> yeah yeah i saw a little behind the scenes of how they filmed that as well um and you know it's just exactly what it looks like they just put a camera on the roof and uh, you know it's it's a, it's in a sound stage um yep. you know it's like a roofless fucking set 
Um, but yeah, they just like spent hours of Aaron Paul just like tearing up this fake apartment, um, and they cut it together, and it's awesome. Oh, um, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the two guys arrive, right? The the people pretending to be cops. Yeah. Uh, what are they? Neil and Casey. Neil and Casey. Um, oh and- my god, this fits so good. Yeah, and they all, and they again have to deal with Lou the neighbor. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, and then that's when Casey picks up that snow globe and he's like, "Yeah, no crazy here," and and then uh, Jesse has Casey at gunpoint, and I mm. love I love this how he goes, "Call your partner in here," uh, really casual, and he goes, "Hey, lieutenant," which tips off the other guy because yeah, obviously he's not you cops. Know, yeah, exactly. Like that's so smart. Which you don't realize that. when you watch it the first time. Right, right, and you're like, how does he? How does he know what's you know that Jesse was there? And he goes, what? I yeah, like I I seriously thought they were cops. Like yeah. I, there was no doubt of that in my mind. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, and then, and then Lou returns, and then um, Casey has to go occupy him. <laughs> and then I love Lou how he, he goes, uh, oh, it, it's no trouble. I got time. Um, <laughs> like yeah, of course you fucking got time, Lou. It's everybody else who doesn't have time for your shit. Um, yeah. So, and then what happens? Do they resolve? Do they find the money in that same scene? Um, so well, um, well, uh, Jesse had already found it beforehand, but then yeah. the cops just arrive, right? And then he tr- barters he um the neil says that like you i'll let you go if you tell me where the money is because jesse tells him he knows where the money is hmm. he shows him where the money is of course and then you know jesse starts taking it <laughs> at gunpoint right and very bold of him very bold of him and i just like like the res resolution you know like of resoluteness whatever the word is um you know when he the gun is to his head you know he's just like it's almost like he's ready to die mm. very similar it reminded me of that scene when jack had the gun to his head and you know you see that shot of the eagle in the sky right. and um, ozymandias and he's just ready to die and it's like fucking hell man like jesse is just like always ready to die because he's just the underdog that gets fucked up all the time and he's just ready for it you know um but of course he doesn't do it well as he says if he doesn't get this money he's a dead man anyway it's very true yeah yeah um and fuck going to jail (laughs) yeah and then uh as they're leaving um jesse looks at the logo on the on neil's truck candy welding and co and Mm. he remembers that well i don't we we get the flashback a bit later so we were a bit confused um, we just see some weld sparks, welding sparks. <laughs> oh, do we? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but in retrospect, we uh, Jesse, we know that Jesse recognizes them as the people who built that little rail yep. contraption. Yep. Um, yeah, and then uh, Jesse looks for the disappearer, and again, in classic Breaking Bad fashion, this is a whole process. It's not some easy thing where he just happens to find it. You know, we see on the phone book that he's crossed out like five or six vacuum places right (laughs) (laughs) it's such a breaking bad thing to like show like no like you know this is a tedious and like kind of you know banal process just going from place to place to see if this is the one Um, vacuum cleaner store though never never even been in such a thing yeah that's such an early (laughs) 2000s kind of thing yeah 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 um but yeah, uh, Robert Forster returns as the disappearer, Ed the disappearer, mm. awesome character. Um, and the way 
Yeah, and, and the way Jesse finds uh, out is that he there's a red toy in a minivan that looks like a kidney bean, as he says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, and then... Uh, I've got to say this is my favourite scene, maybe. Like, yeah? I, I just really like the dialogue between the two. It's yeah. fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, so Ed the Disappearer demands that Jesse pay double for the initial... Uh, time when he was going to go with him and then he decided not to at the last second mm. Mm. um and jesse short eighteen hundred dollars of the two hundred fifty thousand, uh and ed won't <laughs> take him <laughs> um why do you think that is i yeah that is seriously one thing i really wanted to discuss what what are these what is are these guys sorry what are this guy's morals and well, his principles like what 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 is he about because yeah okay he disappears for money right makes sense but then fucking hell like he, he, the dude must have a lot of fucking money eighteen hundred dollars doesn't mean anything so he's just doing it as a matter of principle but it's just really strange like like no sympathy whatsoever either because jesse's there forking out all this cash pulling out this little bit of wad to see if he can finally make it you know because that's the money he got from skinny pete and um and badger and it's still not enough and you think the dude would be like yeah you know uh like fine and and that's what i thought when he grabs a bag and starts putting the money into it because he says can i borrow this and it turns out he's like no nah, i'm not taking it what yeah. the fuck what I thought was maybe it's a thing where he doesn't let people skimp him because if that gets out, people will start to like you know be like, well, you gave this guy a discount, you know, like um, true, yeah. What? Why? Why do I have to pay the amount? But, but but at the same time, like, wouldn't that defeat the whole point if Jesse was blabbing about how this? If Jesse was blabbing about this guy who gave him a discount and made him disappear like that ed wouldn't allow that like he that's can't. not yeah you yeah can't, he gets you, disappeared he can't talk about his previous life yeah exactly <laughs> like you could i think ed the is, dude is just compelling compellingly strange like because remember in breaking bad how walt wants buys some of his time in the cabin and they play yeah. cards no sympathy at all right like in that like the dude is really callous in a weird way and he's just like a businessman almost where as a matter of principle everything needs to be done correctly without any leeway mm. and it's really bizarre it's just so breaking bad you know like making characters that are like you you don't quite understand what they're like but then you could see someone actually being like that yeah it almost seems sociopathic but not really but then what's interesting is he gives jesse on on he gives jesse some advice on how to keep on the run he says, yeah. uh, you know, spend this wisely and it could last you for years, you know, like... And he lies to the cops. Yeah, 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 and he lies to the cops. Like, yeah, so, man, this guy has layers, man. <laughs> what is <laughs> yeah, the... layers. The, the That's mysteries, exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, what are the mysteries of Ed Galbraith? We'll never know because he's dead, but um, the actor is dead. Oh, really? Yeah. He died oh, shortly after this, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess it's just... It's like human beings alike, you know? A lot of mm. people just do shit and you don't know why, <laughs> including ourselves. Yeah. Like, also, why are we I doing this, this podcast? Is, I think in this movie, we learn his name too, Ed Galbraith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And then and then is the next scene where he calls his parents? 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he needs to get them out of the house so he can get the guns. Um. So, but he gets a goodbye to his parents, which is like again, like Breaking Bad doing its its incredible thing of of like conclusions, making mm. really satisfying, emotionally fulfilling conclusions. Jesse gets to say goodbye to his parents, and he says to them, "You know, you tried your best. I know this is not on you. Like this is on me." Um. I know, but it's so tragic because I think you know, like the way his parents reacted in the news, it it was very much in character because they're like uptight citizens. Mm. But um, but I think on the phone, you know, they genuinely really miss Jesse and they just wanted to see him. They didn't know that if they left the house, the cops would follow them and obviously arrest Jesse. Probably, I don't know, because they yeah. seem pretty gullible with that sort of shit. Um, so I believe that they just went and wanted to see Jesse. You know, wanted to see their son. And I think so too. Yeah. So sad that they don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they like they haven't seen Jesse for who God knows how long, like potentially years, right? Um, well, a year, and um, yet they don't see him ever again for the rest of their lives. And it's kind of sad that the last thing Jesse says to them is like a lie as well. Like he's. What does he say? Well, he lies to them about being at the that pond. So you know, he just wanted oh, to yeah. get them to leave the house. Um, so he could rob them, essentially. <laughs> yeah, but he, he had no choice because obviously yeah. the house was under guard. So. But, you know, that's that's probably the, the one of the core strains of their relationship throughout the years. You know, like Jesse probably, you know, lied to them about his life, about being a criminal, about doing drugs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, man, it's just I don't know it's it's bittersweet. It's it's sweet that in the terms of he got to say goodbye, but also right up until the end, he had to lie to them. Mm. Um, so yeah, I fucking I, I really like this. I know it's really heartbreaking. <laughs> and and he goes into the house. Man, they have a really nice house, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Okay, and then um he gets the his dad's guns from his safe and the password is his brother's birthday which he remembers yeah. um, and the guns yeah yeah uh, yeah tell us a bit about these guns Mitchie. do you know what they are oh i, I don't the, the the smaller one the the one that he has in his waistband the tw- 22 that um neil mocks him for i don't know yeah. but um but the other one 38 snub nose oh is that from breaking bad yeah, yeah. There yeah. was an episode called Thirty Eight Snubnose, and it's the one where Walt buys the Thirty Eight Snubnose from right. that dude, and he actually actions it out. Like I can't remember he, because he doesn't he a few times. I feel like he did put it in his pocket with the intention of shooting someone, but then never does. Or maybe he did. Maybe he shot shot those dealers he ran over or something like that. But anyway, the Thirty Eight Snubnose is Walt's gun. That's the one he used he, he to shot kill a lot the- of people. He shot the people in the lab when they burned it down. And he that. also shot the dude that he the one he ran over those two guys, but one of them was still alive and he shot no, that no, dude. No, no, like, no, that was executed with, him. That was with their gun. Oh, was it? Yeah, he was crawling yeah, okay. towards it and then Walt picked it up and shot him in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Um but yeah, that's the gun. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Um This is be- kinda cool because it's kinda like there's no reference to that one. There's a reference to the other gun, which is a 22, which has no relevance aside from the fact that it's a really small caliber and Neil mocks him for it. No reference to the fact that it's a 38 snub nose, even though that's what's referred to in Breaking Bad directly. So you just have to know, I guess, or recognize the gun. And 
it's just great you know like it's a little kind of thing to add and it's like does it actually add anything or not the fact that it is and it's like not really but but it kind of does like i don't know like what do you think is it is it worth something um like we're talking about david about that the other day weren't we when we were messaging each other (laughs) yeah i don't know i I don't know. I don't. I, it doesn't mean anything to me, really. Like, yeah, it was. It's the same gun as Walters, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Um, yeah, and it really doesn't. But at the same yeah. time, it's kind of like in this world of fate, where a lot of things kind of happen by chance and and you know luck and stuff like that. Kind of just seems fitting, really, that the random gun that his parents have happened to be the same one that Walt had, which he Jesse probably has no idea about. Maybe it's just all the rage in Albuquerque. Yeah, 38 snub noses, yeah, mate. Yeah. Chuck them in your pocket and you can shoot people through your jacket. Maybe maybe the local gun store is... The guy working there just recommends that to everyone, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Where were we? Um, now we're sorry. to the final bit. The prostitutes. Well, almost right, the final right, right. bit. <laughs> uh, before that, when Jesse's hiding under the bridge, I like how he... Again, he picks up a, a. Oh no no, yeah no. Th- this no no, is that's when he, outside the welding place. Yeah, he picks up a. Where he's a waiting bug. for the prostitutes to go. Yeah, and he's he's respectfully holding it again because he's he respects all life, Jesse, our boy but Jesse. But I believe. Yeah. Sorry, but before this is the flashback to who Neil really is. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. The welding one. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and we get. Jack and that other dude tormenting Jesse, making him run, yeah. trying to break this thing. Because um, that dude doesn't think uh, Neil installed enough gussets. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love it because so far up to this point, right, you don't know who Neil is, of course, yeah. but you know he's a fucking villain because, you know, he's take, trying just to take his money him. off Jesse and stuff. And yeah, look at him. Like, he looks like a fucking <laughs> villain. He just... Again, they've just picked the right actor and and wrote the right character to create another Breaking Bad villain, like a final one in this movie, mm. right? Like he's just kind of he's really interesting, this guy. And yeah, just that scene with the flashback back to um, him welding the gusset just really shows to you who he is. He's, he is the villain because he was was you know uh, supporting Jack Welker and stuff and was aware of what they were doing to Jesse and. <laughs> I love how they just keep introducing characters as well in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, like a lesser movie would just, it would be all about the already established characters and shit. Yeah. And I think, man, I kind of think that's what, you know, the people complaining about this movie wanted, man. They, I think in, they wanted in the climax of Walter White to step out of the yep. shadows and be like, Jesse, I lived. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's it, exactly. Not enough Walter White for these fans. Yeah, yeah. But I tell and, you what, they're not real fucking fans. And then and then uh, behind him, out of the shadows, Mike also steps out and he goes, you you done well, kid. Yeah. Um, and then from behind him, <laughs> and Gus, Gus, yeah, yeah, Saul and Gus Ring step out. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, people. Yeah, because that, that's what. That's what, like, you got to think about the context of when this movie came out. It literally came out the year of Endgame. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, people yeah. just wanted this shit where you get everyone back into it and it's like this final hurrah. And it's like. And, and Vince Gilligan was like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to make a competent nostalgic film. And really nails it. Like, it's so good. And Mm. honestly, if you think that you don't like this film because it doesn't have enough Walter White in it or whatever, I'm very disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, fucking hell. Like, yeah. 
hang your head be... in... hang, hang your head in shame. Yeah, hang your head in shame, folks. <laughs> Mitchie is disappointed in you. That's can no... think of no worse condemnation. <laughs> um. Uh. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, he waits for the uh, prostitutes to leave, and then he enters. They're all doing cocaine, as you yeah. do. And the beetle. You, you uh, didn't mention it, but I, I did really like that addition. Oh, of the, him. When he picks up the beetle while he's yeah. outside waiting, because because what did he do again? It was it was it was a pre pre opening credit scene where he meets Skinny Pete next to a, a fucking street sign. <laughs> it in was season it was two. right before he had to go to that the crackhead yeah. house. That's it. And yeah. he picks it up and then he puts it back down and Skinny Pete just kills it. <laughs> <laughs> Steps on it, like, so callously. Yeah. yeah. That shows you how, like, it really kind of makes you feel Jesse is a human, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just looking at a bug like that. Yeah. Um, I love I love Neil's intimidation of Casey, how he just gets yeah. right up into his shit. <laughs> and he's, he's, like, almost, like, leaning him to kiss him. And, yeah. and Casey just backs down. It's like some real, like, some real animalistic shit. Yeah, um, some alpha shit going yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I love this scene. Like, seriously, yeah. it's so fucking good. Uh, I don't... No, I didn't write down any notes for this scene. But yeah, it, it, it is really good. And also, why, why does Neil make that choice? Why does Neil want to have a Western shootout? Because he's just a real fucking weird Breaking Bad villain. That's mm. literally the reason why. It's like they're, they're all... Every villain in Breaking Bad has just got these weird things. Or every character... You know, we're talking about Ed, why he does the shit he does. Why the fuck does Neil do this? And a dude's just like... Kind of a violent nut job, you know? He just... <laughs> he's obviously, if you're welding the gussets for a, a neo-Nazi gang that are imprisoning someone to cook meth, you clearly, you know, have some issues. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Like, yeah. And, and Sorry, just before this bit, I really like how this movie has no fucking violence in it before this. Not a single gun is shot. Um, and I'm, I was just watch, watching it for the first time. I'm like, is anything, like going to happen you, you yeah. know is always nothing going to happen because i could see it going either way and there's so much tension though all the fucking time like with uh jesse he's going to be caught by the police is neil going to shoot him when you know they were in todd's apartment like there's a lot of tension in this and it's just really interesting and it might just be me but when the prostitutes are walking back to their car right an old mate sitting in the in the car he's like asleep yeah i i, I assume that he was dead because this is when, because I knew it was coming to the end of the movie, that this right. is when shit's going down and therefore the violence must begin. But no, he wasn't dead. He was just asleep because he was looked really dead. And, um, but yeah, then we get what we want, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, man, I really like Neil. Like, he's yeah. such a good villain. I know. Awesome. Um, but yeah, he insists on, on an old style <laughs> quick draw and, and Jesse fucking cheats, man. This is so yeah. dishonorable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's just had enough, eh? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he's like, fuck this. I'm like, like, I mean, why? Why does it matter to him? Like, he he he's he's a morally good person. What the fuck does it? What? Why does it matter about the morals of of doing a western shootout properly or not? Like, fucking hell, it's it's morally wrong to do that anyway. You might as well just cheat and live, like, because it's not like you're redeeming yourself in any moral way. <laughs> I wonder who would have won though if they did it properly. I reckon Neil. Yeah, probably. 
because a dude looks like a gun nut job. He probably practices all the time. That's true. Because when when Jesse enters, he recognizes the gun. He's like, "Oh, is that yeah. a twenty-two? Yeah, yeah." And he seems very experienced with his yeah, guns, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the dude gets fucking. He gets fucked he gets over. Done. <laughs> Yes, done. A- absolutely done. And I um, did not expect it. <laughs> it was so good. Like, seriously, like, you know, when you watch a movie for the first time and there are just some things you'll never experience again because you've already seen it. Mm. Like, for me, like, yeah, Uncut yeah. Gems is a big one for that. Um, oh, my God. It just, I had that again. Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and it made sense because there was a second gun in there and he kills him with a 38 snub nose through the jacket in a way that Walt, kind of implied he would do like it was just like fucking hell it made right. so much sense yeah yeah okay i, di- I didn't make that connection um yeah and then and then casey gets the gun and tries to kill him and jesse jesse kills him yeah um, in hot blood make in, that one yeah, was yeah. a mo- lot more justifiable yeah <laughs> absolutely um casey was a bit of a scumbag uh as well oh, yeah so i don't feel bad about his death um okay <laughs> okay just the, but this whole thing about the shootout though that's the, this is weird right like why why did vince gilligan make this decision to make the this climax like a western shootout and the way you've it's shot as well this. you've always said this yeah because in breaking bad there's a lot of allusions to westerns as well yeah right? yeah. yeah yeah you have said that yeah um and and you know it does the good bad the ugly thing it, it focuses it's a close-up on their eyes as yeah. they're like kind of you know yeah. careening over their guns and shit um and you know i was thinking like i think i said i must have said this in the breaking bad series as well but man westerns some cowboys roaming the lands and before them you know frontiersmen roaming the lands of, of america and shit like that it's all mm. it's all to do with freedom man it's all to do with like agency taking charge of your life that mm. kind of stuff and I think that is why Vince Gilligan is really, you know, he draws a lot of connections to Westerns in this movie in Breaking Bad is because it's all about that shit, man. It's all about, as Jane says in the end, take control of your life from the universe, which <clears throat> is exactly what sort of, it's a bit weird because that's also what condemns both Walt and Jesse and, and in yeah. fact, every character, you know, they go down bad choice road. They make decisions that <laughs> ultimately fuck their lives uh, because they feel like the universe has slighted them. Um, yeah. So that's why where, I think... Where is Gilligan from? He's from... I think he's from the Southwest. Yeah, maybe, he very maybe, much sounds like it. Yeah, maybe not Albuquerque, but I think he is from somewhere in South America. Not, not South America, the south of the United States. The, the Southwest? That's like... Oh, that that is like New Mexico. So no, you... I believe New Mexico is southeast. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. Yeah, I think I don't know. It says he's from. No, actually, Virginia. I think, I think Philadelphia where, where... is southeast, which is where Mike is from. He's from Virginia. Where, where this? Oh, yeah, Virginia is like proper to the south, okay, west, southeast, like okay. real, real southern, southern America, like yeah. area. I think. Um, yeah, which kind of checks out with the whole Western thing. Maybe yeah, that's yeah. where his interest comes from. I mean, I'm uh, yeah, obviously yeah. generalizing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not all not all people from the South like Westerns, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. But Vince Gilligan does. <laughs> I, I really like Vince Gilligan's voice. It's like honey. Just like flows really well. 
Yeah, he could narrate like some sort of western, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, anyway. Okay, and then he gets those other three to give him their driver's license <laughs> to sort of like frighten them into not saying anything about this. Yeah. Um, and then he blows up their place. Uh, so, yeah. Which is, which is funny, like... I feel like that's maybe this I'm reading into this too much but maybe that's Vince Gilligan's way of of communicating to those people who didn't like this movie of saying yeah mate you wanted fucking explosions well here's a big a big explosion you know like <laughs> because it yeah. seems kind of unnecessary as well from the plot perspective like Jesse didn't have to blow that place up but he did I, I guess remove the evidence of the bodies yeah it doesn't um, though like... I <laughs> well yeah it was a fucking big explosion yeah I suppose <laughs> but like I, I do like it's kind of reminds me of when Walt blew up his car for no reason true like it's just his the use of violence and explosions and action in Breaking Bad it's like so good like just unexpected is kind of the way I would put it. Like, yeah, like the violence doesn't really come until, but then it does, and you're like, whoa, and yeah, you know, and it's the same in this movie. There's no violence at all until this one scene, no explosion until this one scene. It just, it's so Breaking Bad, you know. Hmm. So yeah, in yeah. character. Um, and then Je- uh, and then again, like Walt blowing up the car, Jesse doesn't look at the explosion because he's a cool yep. guy. Yeah. And then does this lead into the flashback with Walt and Jesse? Yes. Yeah. The the okay. uh, the the one that all the fans were probably reading about. What about you, Mitchy? Did you did you cream yourself when you saw Walt? I, I I to be honest, I actually didn't think Brian Cranston was going to be in this. Yeah, me neither. So so yes, I was very surprised. Yeah. Um, and of course, Vince Gilligan has nailed exactly how to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like you, it, you know what this reminds me of? It's literally just a deleted scene from season two. Like that's all <laughs> it feels like to me. <laughs> Except the bit where they walk down a corridor and it's like, yeah, this is it—the final duo. You know, the final time we'll see them. Right. But in a real, like, insignificant way because it's just walking down a motel corridor. <laughs> I yeah, yeah I, I really like the use of this flashback. Like, it's it doesn't mess with the plot because obviously nope. you know you can't bring Walter White back from the dead. That would be a bit too much. <laughs> Um, but it's also very meaningful because um, it's 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 all about Jesse, but it also kind of is about Walt you know, with a few lines. It's meaningful, but it's also at the same time almost totally pointless. Well, I think it's kind of banal is like... What it, banal? Yeah, like kind of ordinary, you know. Um, yeah. But it's also... I don't know, that's, that's, that's a sort of like like subtlety you can navigate if you're Vince Gilligan <laughs> is how I see it um me- banal but meaningful um so does this place take place in season one you reckon I I didn't check for this one mm, mm, I think Jesse's talking to Jane on the phone right oh you're you're right you're absolutely right yeah so, it's so it must two. be season two yeah yeah before the car get the RV gets destroyed mm. Did you know? Did you notice that Brian Cranston looks kind of noticeably older as well? Oh yeah, he yeah. had those jowls and those <laughs> old man dimples near, yeah. like in line with his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't didn't bother me again. Um, no. But yeah, I, I like uh, Jesse assuring Walt that he give um, Walt's family all the, all the money, um, which yeah. leads Walt to asking Jesse about college, um, and you know walt's kind of he he i don't know he makes an effort to like 
look out for Jesse in a sense. Um, and like, it, it, just the fact that like they're talking about this, there's a lot of trust mm. between them at this point as well. Mm. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, Cause really it is kind of the most hopeful part of Breaking Bad is this time period right like between the two of them they are probably the most amicable right with the least kind of like treachery from walt Mm. and yeah it's actually for us as a viewer it's probably the highest point in terms of happiness and 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 positive emotions in the series is around season two because it was very comical you know like a a, a lot of the episodes like you know when they're stuck out and in the desert and um what uh, jesse dumps of water on the thing and the fire you know it's it's almost like a joke almost you know like it's it's comedic but in in a good breaking bad way Hmm. and you don't really see that later on so it's, it's a good time to pick for the flashback yeah yeah absolutely um i yeah there's a lot of comedic things in this scene as well like i like how mm. walt just assumes jesse didn't graduate yeah um and yeah. in fact walt was there when jesse got his diploma um, yeah <laughs> his dick um uh or and- um the pineapple thing <laughs> Jesse's just eating healthy AF with the salads and shit. Right, and like... right. And he, and he goes, you need that bromine. Then Walter goes, what, bro- bromelide or something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that just really, they kind of, it again, shows us where Jesse's from, you know? Like, he was brought up well, he eats well. Like, mm. it's just a little detail, but, like, it kind of says a lot about him and his origin. True. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, we get, we get one more bit of pathos from Walt. Um, where he looks mm. out the window and he goes, you didn't have to wait your whole life to do something special. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's so meaningful. Like, I don't know. I, I I don't know how to feel about that line because, like, it, it, you know, we I sort of... It, it beckons us to take that line in the context of Jesse's life because, obviously, we follow him throughout this movie. He's the protagonist of this story, of yeah. this particular film, and him doing something special in his life is like running a drug empire and getting his life all fucked up and being tortured and shit you know like it's this really kind of it is strange yeah but it's amazing <laughs> like it's so well placed i don't know it's just it's just like i guess you're right like i didn't really think of it in a negative aspect i just thought of it like walt's dying right and a lot of the show is about him regretting not living life like Mm. that that's pretty much what this is about this whole idea of breaking bad and i don't know it just kind of extended to me a lot when i viewed it like yeah fucking hell he's right you know Mm. maybe i should go and cook meth cook meth Um, no, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, it is very, yeah. Like you don't want to be like Walt, you know, like go your whole life regretting. Yeah. But also you don't want to be like Walt in terms of like having, (laughs) harboring these neuroses for, for decades about, you know, how (laughs) Gretchen and Elliot slided you out of the company or whatever. And, and taking these drastic measures later in your life to feel like you need to take back what you've missed out on you know yeah 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 definitely do you have any more to say about the scene (sighs) no not really just perfect Mm, i agree (laughs) um okay and then we cut back um jesse is they arrive at alaska ed the the disappearer and jesse 
Um, they get out. Jesse is given a new identity, Mr. Driscoll. Ed calls him. Um, so supposedly, that's the that's who Jesse will be from here on out. Yeah. Um, he memorizes his social security number forwards and backwards, so he seems to have it all down pat. And then his final request is that he wants Ed to send a letter to Brock. Um, supposedly, the letter contains details about what happened to Brock's mother, Andrea, right? Mm, yeah. I would assume so, yeah. So this is like... I remember when this film first came out, people were sort of criticizing this as like, is this meant to be a redemption like, you can't let Jesse off the hook just by writing a letter to Brock. Like, he deserves to be punished more. Um, <laughs> w- w- you know, which is... Yeah, well, he fucking was, wasn't he? In prison for six months like an animal. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, man... You know, because, like... People are fucked if free- they think that. <laughs> freedom and morality are, are, like, tied up a lot in this film. And, yeah, you, you know, obviously that is a valid question. Like, does Jesse deserve to go free after everything he did? But, like... True. But then it's like, d- I mean, are we meant to quantify quantify his crimes and weigh it against the suffering he's endured you know like like is there yeah. like a quota is it like a suffering quota he needs to meet to be redeemed or something like that's just that's a very i don't know like it's it's a very inadequate take i feel to to you know have that have that thought of like he doesn't deserve to go free like you know it's i don't know it's strange but also you know i'm not going to make any absolute judgment calls of like yeah, no, he does. He does absolutely deserve to go free or anything, you know. But I, I know that's fuck. But man. we we want him to be free. Yeah, absolutely. You and yeah, me, yeah, and yeah. and and that's kind of like the point is that we do feel sorry for Jesse. I mean, the movie is about that. If you kind of get to the end and you're like, oh, does Jesse really deserve this? I don't think he does. I think he needs to be punished more. It's kind of like fucking hell. Like, are you a a policeman in real life like you know like because why would you think like that like you watch a movie right and it's not like you watch silence of the lambs and you're like yeah fucking hannibal lecter he needs to be chucked in prison it's like well yeah no shit if he was a real person but you know when i watch it anyway i kind of like wish hannibal lecter not to be in prison because it's the movie like it's what makes it good so i don't know it's just yeah i'm, I'm gonna use my favorite word but um, this might be a bit of a, a, a tenuous thought. But yeah. um, <laughs> you um, fucking love that word. I do love that word. It's a good <laughs> word. Um, was in twenty nineteen the height of the Me Too movement? Um, and sorry, what's the Me Too movement again? It, it's where like a bunch of women in Hollywood sort of spoke up against sexual harassment about like Harvey Weinstein assaulting mm, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, and, it's and, around that time. And by extension, that's when cancel culture was also at a real high, right? <laughs> Yep. Um, and that, and that's that's what I'm putting together in my head, right? Like, um, you you can't let people fucking go free of of their crimes, right? Like they need to be punished to the full extent of the law, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, is is maybe explains some of the response to the, this ending, maybe. True. The, people yeah. just being righteous, right? Thinking yeah, yeah. That they thinking they can impart judgment and and punishment on people. Yeah, dude, C- condemning is an easy thing, eh? Like, but you know, like yeah. when it's yeah, they're they're full on human beings, you know. Like, there's a lot of complexity and nuance in in people's mm. lives, um, which is you know, anyway. Um, I like his sweater in this scene, <laughs> the white sweater. <laughs> He looks like a new man. Yeah, I didn't notice. You always notice people's clothes. <laughs> you fucking fop. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and then and then he's driving off and then we get jane returns the final cameo um from breaking bad oh, i love this yeah um kristen ritter returns as jane um and uh what does she say uh or, or jesse says i like what you said about going with the universe that's a cool philosophy and then Jane says, no, nah, I was, what, what did she say? Like, I was being metaphorical. That's a terrible yeah. philosophy. I think you should make uh, decisions on your own. Um, she says, I've gone where the universe takes me my whole life. It's right. better to make those decisions yourself. There you go. I'm a little confused by what that means. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially because that's what the film ends on, which seems, which sort of implies that, like, that is the message Vince Gilligan wants to impart with this film, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, as we were talking before, like, yeah, that's something that seems cool when you say it like that. But, like, you know, it's Walter feeling like he's been slighted by the universe and then making his own decisions um, in order to, like, almost, like, rebel against the universe and, and taking him, making a bunch of series of bad choices that lead him to destroy his life and his family's life. Um, mm. That seems to run counter to what Jane is saying here. Um, so what's she saying exactly? She, like, she's saying make your own decisions, I guess. Yeah, don't don't be I don't know. Don't be like a some sort of don't be like a passive passenger in your life, and you gotta you gotta actively make decisions that right that's, rather than letting the universe take you where it does. It sort of yeah. it seems like it implies like you gotta make decisions that counter where the universe takes you because otherwise it seems like you're going with the universe anyway. Um, Anyway, my my take on this is um, I think it is meant to lead to discussions like we're having now. Um, and therefore, you I don't know, a mixture of both. A mixture of both is a, is a good, responsible, healthy way to live your life, man. Um, mm, you know, I agree. Yeah. Um, have your decisions informed by morality and, you know, ethics um you know do what you think is right um but also you know if you want to maybe lead a fulfilling life um uh you gotta you know you gotta put your foot down and make some decisions uh where it counts yeah. um yeah but obviously you know don't take it too far um yeah and i think yeah because this is an epilogue to breaking bad i think we're meant to yeah we're meant to take that in the context of everything we've seen um does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I watched it the first time, right? And when she said that quote, I was like, holy fuck. Like, the first thing we said in our prologue um, for Breaking Bad, our Breaking Bad edition, what you said was, you know, you were talking about, like, the calm, karmic aspect of the show. Yeah. And, and you know, and I was kind of like, yeah you're right and then the more we did it and went through each episode i kind of you know started to actually believe that because there is a lot of like focus on on fate like flipping coins and shit like that right mm. and the universe and but it's never explicitly said <laughs> like it's not like anyone has said the word universe at all in the breaking bad series <laughs> right right <laughs> but then this is it like the fucking end of breaking bad really um aside from the events of better call Saul, which i've yet to see and um like she says it she says like such a, a a quote about the universe that kind of confirms exactly the thematic element of this karmic kind of justice or or you know whatever it is in breaking bad and it's like i was just shocked i was just like <laughs> what like right because it, it, this is like such a like a 
like a non-spiritual down-earth kind of show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And then, but then this one thing that he throws in at the end, Vince, and it kind of doesn't really make sense ostensibly. But then, you know, after we've kind of looked into it and delved deep into Breaking Bad, it makes total sense. Mm. And man, it was just the perfect ending. Yeah. <laughs> like the perfect way to end it, seriously. And speaking of perfect endings, I, the ending song, uh, Static yep. on the Radio by, I think it's Jim White. Um, yeah. Fucking perfect. I, I really liked this ending song. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, Again, it just so in character yeah yeah it's it's in my regularly listen to playlist now I listen to it when i go to work it is actually it does slap it do, it's really good um, also yeah one thing about jane i just it's kind of like you think about it and you're like why would they bring jane back as a final character for this and when you think about it jesse is very young like he's only a few years out of high school right He's probably never had a proper girlfriend before and Jane was the only, maybe the only true love he's had in his life yet. So it kind of fits really well because obviously she died and that was super devastating for him and and is actually a big part of the series, a big part of his character and it, it, it goes all the way through to the end. It's just fitting really that it's Jane. Yeah, true. More than anyone else. And I love that. Just going to f- slide right past Andrea. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. I swear, everyone forgets mm, about true, Andrew, sorry. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like he didn't. He did love her, I guess, didn't he? Yeah, dude. He cared a lot about her. He was like paying her rent and shit. And but even though he like he didn't expect anything back, like he didn't even want to see her, but he just wanted to support her. But he and Jane, they were going to run away and and see the world together. You know, they were truly in love. And yeah, that was a devastatingly, she love, died though. because of like drug overdose. You know, it's just like the ultimate tragedy really um yeah i don't know it just seemed fitting <laughs> imagine if like how it ended was it was it was jane and andrea and he just had a harem of ghost girlfriends <laughs> 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 yeah it would have been a bit crowded maybe um yeah but no i agree i think yeah i think of the two maybe jane probably did have a bigger impact on jesse but um i think it has a big she has a bigger impact on the show too yeah like like for, for i think most people remember that real fucked up scene where walter stands over her vomiting and, and lets her die you know like like it's an iconic scene from breaking bad that's made itself into like everyone's minds that have watched who, whoever's watched it mm. um so it makes total sense yeah absolutely and yeah, like the when the movie ends, like it's just that real like I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, the music. It was just like a piano playing a few notes every couple of seconds, like, and it was just super. So cool. No, 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 not that music. Like, like the end just before the credits, and he's driving oh, off, right. and it's Jane's, and and and, and, and it just you know with the piano playing, and and he just it's just a shot on him, and that's the final thing, and he just slightly gives a smile. Yeah, that that real cheeky just, smile. <laughs> yeah, and it was like he was thinking about that potentially of what Jane said, you know, and he's finally got where he wants to be, and it was just like fucking hell, like the, the perfect way to end all of this movie. And that's the like, happiest ending you'll ever see in Breaking Bad, too. <laughs> Is that true? Oh, no, that wasn't anything about... Better Call Saul. (laughs) I'm just comparing it to Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. This movie is, like... It's just... 
yeah it's it's perfect really yeah i agree i <laughs> but you know i feel like we're just like 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 the two of us are like broken records about this <laughs> yeah, um, we do say that. because bloody yeah. hell we, we never we just praise the shit out of breaking bad like <laughs> but we never really seem to say anything bad about it but like i'm i'm like you know we're being honest that's the thing like we're pretty critical and we're pretty critical in our other shit like but we're, <laughs> we're being honest about this like we just genuinely think it's good and and yeah i mean i don't know whether that's subjective or objective or no is obviously a difficult question but i think objectively speaking it is also really fucking good if breaking bad was bad i would have no reservations about shitting on it like yeah. you know and I, in fact i'd probably be really i i would be really critical of this movie because i'm such a fan of breaking bad that you know when this movie came out i would i i don't know i well, actually, I didn't have many expectations because I try to temper my expectations for thing, things I'm excited about these days. But, yeah, um, me too. But yeah, man. But you weren't disappointed. I, I wasn't. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, no. I. <laughs> Vince Gilligan is like one of the only like authors I can trust pretty much to create good shit every time. I don't know anyone else that has made, consistently made good shit. Maybe Sorkin? Like, oh, he Aaron wrote Sorkin? everything he's... Yeah. yeah he's, everything he's written is very good. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of his stuff, though. I can't actually comment on that, but I've heard that. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. nah. Like, <laughs> what kind of media creator has consistently nailed everything they've done? Yeah, I can't think of any right now, but I'm sure there are some. But uh, certainly Vince Gilligan is... Um, is a, a is a uh what do you call that the diamond in the rough diamond in the rough yeah not heard of that what yes, have you is. not heard that say <laughs> um yeah yeah i don't know i just yeah and it, what i find interesting about this is like because it feels like a tv show like i kind of feel like it, it's you know i've got I, i'm because I'm a nerd. I got a list of favorite movies and I quite actually heavily assess whether they should be in there or not and rewatch them regularly. And, um, <laughs> yeah, shift gets shift, shifted around all the time. And obviously Al Camino has got to be in there because I fucking love this movie, but it's kind of like one of those things where, cause it's not really like, it is a movie, but it's also feels like a TV show episode. I can't really put it near the top because it's not a movie to me, sort of. It's like a continuation of the series um but but like i still love it i guess it's just it's just interesting what it what is it like it's not really a move like it is technically a film but like it doesn't feel like it it's just a really strange thing that they've made that's so good yeah i mean that's a movie to me (laughs) yeah but it doesn't feel like it's i don't know i mean i'm sure old mate martin would disagree you know um martin Ma- marty marty s marty score sessie oh oh yeah oh, marty yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would disagree saying it's not a movie yes because this is you know you need to have w- watched an entire tv show to understand what's happening in this movie and marty is not a fan of supplementary material as i understand it um well, actually interestingly i watched it with susanna and she's not seen breaking bad she's only seen like one season or something and um she really liked it oh interesting but she said she did she did admit that she didn't really have a good idea of what was going on Mm. but she did really enjoy the kind of like 
I did actually say to her, like, actually, a lot of this, I didn't know what was going on. Like, Neil and Casey, they're totally new, right? You don't know who the fuck they are. Just the backstory of the captivity, really, of Jesse is where, where the knowledge is required. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, classic Breaking Bad, eh? Just making, like, like the moment-to-moment process, like, really enjoyable and engaging. Um, yeah. There's always, like, little mysteries sprinkled throughout an episode, and you know, like, like all the cold opens and shit, that always get resolved by the end. True. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, just yeah. Yeah. I got one final question. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Why is this a Netflix exclusive? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering that too. <laughs> I, that is just so weird. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Netflix just, you know, it makes deals with um content not content creators fucking creators um and be like well we'll we'll fund el camino if we get exclusive rights to it and but it's ironic that they don't have breaking bad on there at least in australia it's on stan actually it's a stan exclusive series is breaking bad because they're the only streaming channel in australia that has it (laughs) yeah in america um netflix has got breaking bad and better call soul oh okay there you go yeah but i agree it should be on stan as well so we normally do recommendations at this point, but um, since we suck at it and we never, uh, we we never prepared, and we honestly the things we recommend are quite, uh, what would you say? Sometimes they're alright. Sometimes they're alright. But this time I'm unprepared, so yeah, yeah let's just. <laughs> off times they're not very good, so we're just gonna drop that. Yeah. Um, all right. But feel free to send us an email um, at mail at amttm.com if you want a recommendation. <laughs> we'll respond by email. Yeah, speaking of um, that, where can people find us, Michi? People can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. And check out our website, amttm.com. And we've got an email, mail at amttm.com. And um, yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? (laughs) Did you say the website? Yeah, Yeah, I did. All right. Um, and And check out our Breaking Bad edition if you're just listening to this movie podcast for the first time. True. um, And you like Breaking Bad. Also, yeah, and and if you happen to find this because like um you know you you're looking for more Breaking Bad content after the finale of Better Call Saul, and you're wondering why we didn't talk about Better Call Saul, it's because Mitchie hasn't seen it. Um, so <laughs> we've <laughs> yeah, sorry, but I will very soon, probably not today because it's late here, but um tomorrow I'll watch the first episode. Oh, there we go. Maybe. Yeah, but I've already seen the first episode. That's the only episode I've seen. I thought you said you've seen the first season. Mm, bits and pieces because my parents were watching it oh okay yeah because it came out a while ago didn't it yeah it came but out in anyway, 2015 needless to say i'm very keen for that which is fucking crazy man that came out while we we're in uh, last year in high school <laughs> yeah breaking bad goes back a long way yeah i know <laughs> came out when we were like 10 or something yeah <laughs> or maybe a bit older all right well yeah. and what and are we doing next time we are concluding our daniel craig pentology uh, we're going to get David back on for the final movie, No Time to Die, which is my favorite of the five. Um, and I really like this movie. Pretty keen to talk about it. I think we all like it, actually, based on our discussion mm-hmm. about Spectre. So, um, yeah, join us next time for that. Hopefully, it won't have such a long delay uh, like this one did from the previous one. Yes, indeed. But we'll see. Well, thank you for listening and join us next time. And that concludes our Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, that does. Yeah, the end of an era.
Um, end of an era, I'm, yeah. <laughs> look, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to talk about Breaking Bad in some way or another, I'm sure. Better Call Saul, yeah. Well, well that and, and other ideas that I've pitched you. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yes, you have. Yeah. But yeah, this Let's is yeah officially the end of like the main series. So farewell, goodbye. Thank you, Vince Gilligan. Um, I, I love you, Vince Gilligan. Yeah, I, I stand Vince. <laughs> I love you, Vince. If you ever listen to this yep. somehow... If if somehow yeah, the 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 internet gods just bestow this upon you and you somehow find this, um, yeah, we love you, Vince. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. I feel like I feel like Vince would be the kind of guy that would actually listen to and and not kind of just shun it off, mm. give it a crack, give it a shot. Yeah, we would certainly like to think so, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. I'm big.